0: like in the spirit of my teammates who have been up here to talk to you guys the last few weeks I should say something like real inspiring like big trust
1: and I'll open it up for questions.
2: Yo welcome to Ravens walk Ravens recap is here well I don't know is Peter coming do we know yet? Uh, not confirmed yet but two right, two-thirds out. of Ravens recap She's crew is out. here. <laughs> Alright we got a lot, listener Nick here. Hey how's it going? Listener K-Fish. What's good? Our correspondent, I must say. T-Bama. Hey, let's go. Cool? Damn. You, you're gonna... And listener Brian.
1: Hey, hey go Ravens. Yes, sir. We here. Yes, sir. It's an H, not an R. Welcome back to Ravens Recap. This was a big week. Both the Ravens and the 49ers playing each other, both with two of the best records in their conference. And the Ravens continue rolling eight games straight now. This is a new Ravens record for best start in a season. It's officially better than both 2006 and 2012 with 10-2. and two. Eight straight wins is also a regular season Ravens record. Lamar Jackson is only 63 yards shy of breaking Mike Vick's single season rushing record by a quarterback. Mark Andrews tied Todd Heap's 2005 team record for most tight end touchdowns in a season, and there's still four more games to go. There's lots of good stuff going on right now, guys.
0: Definitely, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think the bottom line is, uh, I'm sure what Harb's is telling all of his guys, is that uh, we ain't done nothing yet, right? Got to take each week as it comes. We're 0-0. Every week is going to be a tough week. And, uh, you know, that was a great, great win over the 49ers team in uh, really poor weather conditions. Alec and I could both attest to that. And, uh, yeah. If, you dry if, yet, if, man? <laughs> I think my gloves are still wet. The gloves are out for the game. Doubtful return.
2: Woo! They wet. Gloves are out. Hot chocolates are in. Keeping us warm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Alec and I both went to the game. Uh, with a couple of uh, listener kfish sorry, correspond to Kay Fish, <laughs> listener Nick, and uh, a couple other listeners. It was a fun time, but man, man, oh man, it was absolutely miserable.
2: <laughs> from a weather perspective, not from a game perspective. Yeah, Thomas and Brian were with us as well. And we had a really good time out there in the stands. It was uh, it was something else, though. Ponchos are really effective, except where they aren't, right? Like, ponchos <laughs> don't usually have sleeves, And, uh, therefore like the bottom half of your hands or your arms are like drenched and your not waterproof gloves were not particularly effective by the end of the game. So you're resorting to hot chocolate to keep warm. And, uh, I'm really glad I wore the the thought technology of sweatpants underneath the jeans because the jeans were drenched, but like it kind of like kept soaking all the water. So like my, my sweatpants were kind of all right. (laughs) So it was something else. Chris, with the game plan of having halls worked out really nice. Kept the voices fresh for uh, third down and all the other downs. And the pod. And the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, the pod. <laughs> Had a bit of a cold this morning, but it's all right now. <laughs> Man. Put <laughs> my nose a little bit more than average. But yeah, it you know it was a nice win. Always glad to keep on rolling and continue the streak. I think we're going to have a lot of different takes, though. It's an interesting game being the fact that it was close lots of times during the game like Chris just said, the season's still 0-0. There's a lot more to prove. Every Sunday, you have to still win and deliver. The game had a lot of 0-0 moments. 49ers start off first drive in a long time where the Ravens defense let up a score on the first drive, and but we responded. That equaled it out, and that just kept happening all game long. It was kind of uh, each team fighting back against the weather.
1: Yeah, no, agree with that take. This was the first close game the Ravens have been in since prior to the bye week. The Ravens were steamrolling opponents so much we kind of forgot that this team still has some areas that can be exploited by a team that's balanced on all cylinders. Both these teams match up very well with each other and the final result of this game was pretty much as sloppy as the weather on both sides. I mean obviously we are more concerned we're more focused on what the Ravens were doing that wasn't going as well as some of the previous games, but I don't—I didn't really think the 49ers had a very good game plan for this game as well, with the exception of, as we're going to get to, just give the ball to Raheem Morset, apparently, and Profit. That seemed to be the only thing working for the 49ers offensively, and it was enough to keep this game close for pretty much the entirety of it <laughs>
0: yeah fun fact uh peter i didn't even I, I didn't know this until you mentioned this the other day most are played for the ravens back in 2015 i totally forgot about that and usually i'm pretty good about knowing you know some of those uh b-list players you know i i stumped you the, <laughs> very early on in the pod with uh with uh, a couple of those players that even you didn't recognize but but dang, yeah, he uh, he was actually, that was his best. I looked at that uh, shortly after. 2015 was his best season uh, in terms of yards per uh, kick return, kickoff return in 2015. And I have just totally, totally forgot that he played for us. So it was a bit of a revenge game for uh, for Raheem.
2: It was impressive to see Raheem take over that backfield. They definitely went with the hot hand approach with Breida it out kind of late in the, the week. Tevin Coleman was completely forgotten by the first half. I think all of his carries came in the first half, and uh, they just rode that hot hand, and most of had to quite the game. We see that a lot with the 49ers. If you look back on who their top rusher was in a given week, it fluctuates. Even uh, that Albert guy they have <laughs> that was a top rusher one week. So, yeah, they they seem to like just go to the hot hand, and uh, we had zero answer for what they were doing in the run game. It was kind of embarrassing. I know that the weather played a part in that, but it reminded me a lot of the Cleveland game, just seeing miss tackle after miss tackle, huge holes. you guys have any idea what happened there?
1: Part of it was the weather, like you said. Part of it was the 49ers blocking, which uh, I, I noticed while watching the game and watching the replay is even more obvious. And yet another part of it was just, it just seemed like bad fundamentals. Some guys were tackling. Uh, shout out to Josh Bynes and and Jalen Ferguson. They were wrapping guys up, as were Brandon Williams. But other guys, I don't know if it was the rain or what, but you know you saw bad tackles from Earl Thomas on, on Morset's touchdown run. He had him on an island, and I get that's a tough play for a defensive back to make right there, but a guy who's up to the level of, Earl Thomas, you would think, should be able to stop this guy who's a career journeyman back. Marcus Peters was basically let Debo Samuel have an easy, uncontested touchdown in the first quarter where Peters had no interest in putting his body out to be physical on that play at all. An answer to why that happened? I, I don't know. This was not the same Ravens defense we saw yesterday that that stopped the Rams and the Patriots over these past four weeks. This was a team that hopefully whatever happened is just a one-game thing because, yeah, that's not the type of defense you want to be playing going into the postseason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll see a little bit more analysis uh, coming up in the week uh, about what exactly went wrong. Just a couple things that stood out to me, at least as far as uh, the run game was concerned. It looks like the Niners were definitely attacking us uh, on those outside runs. Uh, There were a couple of plays that I saw that we sort of didn't set the edge well as, you know, as well as we have before. That touchdown run by Ferguson, or sorry, the touchdown run by uh, Mostert. Ferguson sort of lost the edge on that one. And, uh, he was able to cut inside and I believe uh it was either Wormley or or Bynes couldn't wrap up the tackle and he sort of just you know plowed his way into the end zone uh put a move on Earl Thomas and and scored like you guys said there were some missed tackles in here too just a, a couple poor angles a couple guys just getting blocked I was actually watching the highlights here of another one of Mostert's runs and <laughs> a couple people were just getting blocked out of the play Peanut got blocked into Chuck Clark on that play as well, and it just our guys weren't in good positions, at least on a lot of those runs. The other thing I think is interesting, I i don't know if this is a, a scheme issue as well, but I know one thing I did notice is that we had a lot more uh three down linemen in this game than we usually do. Uh Wormley was definitely in a in on a bunch of snaps. Not saying it's like his problem out there, but it's definitely a different defense that we have been running over, you know, over the last couple of games. So I wonder if you know maybe that had something to do with it if the guys, wick weren't super comfortable in that scheme or hadn't practiced it as much it might have something to do with it hopefully wink can put the guys in the film room and you know coach them up a bit and you know hopefully we'll be able to <laughs> mask this
1: issue uh, moving forward but I think also we just have to give credit where credit is due the 49ers are the second best rushing team in the NFL this year right behind the Raven well not really right behind the Ravens because the Ravens are you know, close to 60 yards a game ahead of them. But still, these guys got a really good scheme. You know, there's a reason why they they can run the ball with all three of those guys. And Breida, Coleman, and Morset. they're not big-name players. They, these are just guys who have are running behind a line that's blocking well, doing a good zone-blocking scheme. A guy who really killed us on the outside in this game was a guy we thought would be killing us through the air, but only got two receptions for just 17 yards, was George Kittle. George Kittle had a, had some really exceptional blocks on some of those long plays, including the uh, long touchdown Morset had. You got to give credit to the 49ers that this was a great test for this defense. And you know, if you want to make the Super Bowl, like we think this team can, you're going to have to beat all the teams. So this was a good test I think for the Ravens I think Wink's going to continue to be looking at this film see what these weaknesses are that maybe the 49ers exposed a bit and see what they need to patch up
2: yeah Kyle Shanahan's known for a uh, lean a good offense and I think they're able to scheme really well so I think that definitely contributed to seeing the success they had on the ground I'm still not that big of a believer in Garoppolo particularly after seeing him I think they're definitely leaning on that running game for a reason. And yes, he has had some good games recently, but as uh, Aaron talked about last week during the uh, prediction episode, he seems more of a game manager and, and more of a system quarterback than he is uh, a talent that's going to really rise and bring the rest of the team with him.
0: Yeah, I kind of got that as well. I mean, I know, again, the, you know not to discount the weather. <laughs> we were mm-hmm. we were there we know what the weather was like it sucked um i'm sure it sucked for the players it's very difficult to play in those conditions you know you can't play 100 percent when you know that you know the ground might come out underneath you it's cold it's wet it's just uncomfortable so and all that being said you know it does limit the opportunities that you get throwing the ball deep down the field the ball's wet the wind swirling, you just can't do it. You, there were only a couple shots that you could take per game, even if you have like a super strong armed, you know, quarterback like somebody like a Josh Allen or you know Joe Flacco, Matt Stafford, somebody like that, right? So Lamar didn't take that many shots downfield, and Garoppolo didn't either. It just felt like uh, the 49ers were doing too well on the ground to be able to take a lot of those shots, and and even when they were in situations that they could have, I just I didn't feel like I didn't feel like the Ravens were in all that much danger to be honest but I mean hell if if we get a rematch with the 49ers in the Super Bowl uh here's hoping uh and the you know conditions are much better February in Miami hopefully uh, weather conditions are a lot better I definitely expect to see more from Garoppolo but yeah like you said Alec I'm I'm still not I'm still not sold I'm still not
1: sold on the guy for me I was actually a little surprised by Garoppolo I thought he did better than I was expecting, especially considering how likes of Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson have looked against this Ravens defense in clear weather. I thought that, sure, he only threw 21 passes yesterday, but I thought that he looked confident out there. I thought that there were a couple throws he made that were pretty on point. He didn't turn the ball—well, sorry, he didn't throw an interception. He did have that fumble— only sacked twice. Did he look like a Pro Bowl player? No. But he looked to me like a quarterback who, especially when you take the weather into consideration, looks good enough to be a guy who can, you know, maybe elevate his game to like an Alex Smith type level. You know, a guy who's effective, but yeah, you know, he's not a quarterback who you know is gonna gonna beat you many games when the run game falters. So again, I just don't think he looked awful. I thought he looked perfectly capable, better than a game manager, but I'm not typing in Jimmy Garoppolo's name to the Pro Bowl at any point either.
2: (laughs) That's a pretty good take, Peter. I didn't really consider that. I think what we did see was bad Marcus Peters. Ever since he's been here, he's been good Marcus Peters, but he had easily the worst game as a Raven, and it wasn't even close. Lots of blown coverages, just being out of position missed tackles so it was for a guy that we've been hyping about and him bringing his football IQ to the team and and big playability we did see the downsides of all that
0: yeah that touchdown to Debo Samuel was uh definitely a killer on the on that opening drive
2: it's definitely one of the best better
0: throws from Garoppolo all uh all afternoon I will I'll definitely admit I you know I know that he uh, uh or Debo has been a uh a weapon, at least in the from the fantasy perspective, and the Garoppolo uh, and him seemed to have a little bit of chemistry. I didn't think that he would have been a problem this game, but you know, he had that catch where I am not sure what Peters was looking on that play. I didn't know whether he was expecting to jump the route or or, you know, maybe to have help over the top. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, he was definitely caught in a in a bad situation there. You know, credit to Debo too. You know, not only did he have that play? But he had one or two other pretty big catches. that kinda of gassed us for some yak in there. So, you know, he had a he had a pretty
2: good game. Yeah, he absolutely did. I definitely want to give some credit before we move away from the defense, just because there were good plays in there. Chris Wormley with an incredible batted pass. And as Peter pointed out, Chuck Clark was able to get the fumble on that sack play. Uh at the stadium I was excited about the sack and you know, a third down big sack and then like we had some 49ers fans behind us so I kind of just like looked at them and then I heard some more roaring and I realized oh <laughs> there was a fumble on that too we just got it so. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, yeah it was uh it was a it was a big play there lots of momentum with that and then obviously the big uh quick conversion to points with uh Mark Andrews touchdown grab but that was a big time play by the defense in a game that was full of a lot of
1: errors. Every positive play counted yesterday, that's for certain.
2: Right. I mean, I I think I I think the 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 huge thing kind of to wrap this section
0: up is, you know, just what a lot of people have been talking about of this win about how it shows what kind of team the Ravens have. They're more than just a team that can put up 40 or 50 points on other teams when all the things uh, go right. For them in this game, there were a lot of things that did not go so well for the Ravens, but they were able to capitalize on some opportunities that really changed the way of the game. And yeah, the fumble recovery by Clark was huge. Well, it was able to turn into seven points for us uh, to keep up with the Niners after they came out with that huge opening drive. And yeah, that, that fourth down play by Wormley was, was another one of those plays of the game where, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet is that the 49ers, I think, came in there thinking that, you know, they basically had the same game plan that we had against the Chiefs, and they said, you know, the Ravens are too good, their offense is too good, they're going to score on too many opportunities, therefore we need to convert on fourth down as much as possible. So if they, you know, find themselves in a situation where they're in fourth and short, they're going to go for it because they know that they needed to keep up with the score. And, you know, that was an opportunity right there. It was, you know, I believe it was fourth and five. They had already gone for fourth down, I believe like two or three other plays in the game. That touchdown pass to Debo Samuel was actually another fourth down. And, um, you know, fortunately on, uh, on the play that Wormley had, you know, he was just in a good position, was able to knock it down, you know, because that could have easily been another six points, which, you know, would have turned the game. So, yeah, I mean, definitely credit to you know Shanahan and the 49ers for coming in with a you know aggressive game plan of being able to you know keep up with the Ravens they came up a little bit short but you know I'll tell you it was I, I was a little nervous I was definitely a little nervous that game because they were uh they were bringing the heat
1: so moving on and um you know like Chris was saying the 49ers were trying to strike fast in this game because the Ravens have an offense that has shown in these previous weeks that if you don't strike fast, they're going to bury you pretty quickly. And like Chris said, this is a game where the Ravens had to go back to the formula they were having earlier in the season when the offense wasn't clicking on as many cylinders yet. Despite the fact that the offense was definitely not as crisp as we'd seen it since prior to the bye week, I think there were still some, some positives that came out of yesterday's game, in spite of it also showing there's some things that the Ravens still need to work on. And I think it makes it even more impressive when you consider how good this 49ers defense is, and yet Lamar Jackson was still able to lead the Ravens on another at least 20 points in the game. Yeah, I mean, one really great
0: thing I think came from the offense is that they did a great job of mostly bottling up San Francisco's uh, front seven. Nick Bosa was almost completely shut down this game, much like Aaron Donald the week before. Yep. I mean, that had a huge, huge impact on the game to be able to take him out. There are several plays, you know, not only that was everybody blocked, but, you know, the, the misdirection, the the handoffs between, you know, Ingram or Edwards and Lamar, the 49ers just didn't know who had the ball. You know, we were to rip off some pretty big runs, be able to move those chains throughout the game. Now, they weren't all there, but for the most part, I, I think – the guy should be happy about you know the execution of a lot of those
2: uh, run plays. Well put, Chris. I think whenever we ran the ball for a conversion, it worked out. Uh, it was the passing game, which Lamar was quick to point out. He was really, really affected by the weather and didn't have the performance he wanted out of himself. We've seen him miss passes in previous games, but we saw more misses in this game than normal. I will say I have some pretty good clips that I'll include in the show notes of how we were able to completely handle Bosa for a majority of the game. Some of the great blocking by Mandrews on the Lamar touchdown run, but also a play I definitely want to talk about was the, I guess it was a sack, but kind of a no gainer on Lamar. Um, He was trying to pass the ball. Didn't see anyone downfield made some moves to evade. There was some really good examples of how the 49ers pursued on that play but also made sure to come back and take away cutback lanes so he wasn't able to you know make something out of nothing like he normally does. So he did do that during the game a fair amount of times but there was one example where they contained him and I thought that might be an interesting piece of film for other teams to see. I don't know how reproducible it is but there're definitely some lessons learned there.
1: Well that's the thing I think that it's just so hard for these the teams to sack the guy even once they do do everything right. I mean, there were some other instances in the game where that exact same thing happened. But Lamar, gosh, there was at least one play I can think of that's getting replayed a lot, where he just out the cornerback, uh, whoever number 24 is, on San Francisco. <laughs> and right. the guys literally tripped over his feet and just <laughs> fell in, the, in a puddle. Because, granted, part of that was the rain, but still, like... Like, Lamar was running on the same field as well.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they showed that play to a bunch of Ravens players and got their reactions, and they're like, I think Ingram said Lamar just doing Lamar (laughs) things. Exactly. Yeah,
0: I saw Jimmy Smith's reaction, too. He was like, I'm glad I wasn't on that play.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Alec. From what I saw, and I even heard Lamar in one of his post-game interviews say the same thing, there were a lot of plays where he threw behind receivers that generally you know, he's not missing those throws. Um, he had a chance. I, I think it was the drive where they settled for the first field goal to hit Mark Andrews in the in the end zone for a second touchdown. Andrews had three defenders on him, but he had all of them beat. But Lamar threw it behind him where the, the defense was. So there was no chance of that happening. On the failed fourth down conversion, the play before that, Lamar had Seth Roberts right at the line of scrimmage and he threw that behind him. And there's other plays we could, we could point out when we're looking at this, but the encouraging thing about this as Ravens fans is that Lamar certainly had one of his worst games passing that he's had in a while, but yet he was still able to get over 100 yards rushing, still able to get two total touchdowns, and the Ravens still got the win. I mean, there's... Not too many teams in the NFL that have a player of the caliber of Jackson that, when they have a bad game passing like that, can still beat one of the best teams in the NFL. That's huge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, like a lot of people have said as well, even though it was kind of an up and down game for most of the game, I mean, when we got the ball back with six and a half minutes, I mean, did you guys think that we were going to have one drive to eat up the rest of the clock and win the game? I certainly didn't expect it. I I thought that we would run the clock down a lot. I didn't think that we would completely run the clock out and kick a field goal in the last two seconds. I mean, that was absolutely huge for him to lead a, a drive to eat up that much clock. So like you said, Peter, I mean, it's, it's awesome. You know, the, the rushing stats are awesome. The touchdowns are awesome, but you know, that situation there just to be able to close out the game and prevent San Francisco from even scoring anymore at that point was, was absolutely huge.
2: I tell you, this is crazy. I'm looking at the uh, percentage of win, I guess throughout the game, the win probability, and it just nosedives right at the end. It seems like the play before uh, Tucker's game winning field goal that we'll talk about later was 85.3% chance of winning. But before it, it was uh, much higher. Like when the drive first started, actually, it looked like uh, it was actually for the first time in San Francisco's favor.
1: That is an interesting um, play that I wanted us to discuss is that decision to go for it on fourth down, fourth and five in the rain when you just saw that your quarterback is having some difficulties hitting guys in stride in the weather. I know that we're all... Really on board with with what Harbaugh has been doing in the aggressiveness, and that more times than not, the Ravens are going to get that fourth down. Just because it didn't work doesn't mean that it's a bad call. But I'm just wondering if where's the line on that in a in a close game that the Ravens are gonna are gonna do? Is it are we gonna see a playoff game? Maybe not even this year. Maybe you know in a season coming up where. We have such confidence in this team because they're routinely converting fourth downs, but the coaching staff misreads the the team's momentum or the the situation, and it ends up costing the Ravens in a close game.
0: Yeah, I can kind of see it. I actually want to talk about one other call uh, after this, but I will say to Harbs' credit on that one, so at, at the half, right, we were up 17-14. So there was only six more points scored right Niners got a field goal we got a field goal to win the game so that means the defense has already held the Niners to about three points and I believe uh, guys correct me if I'm wrong I believe those three points came on the uh, Lamar's fumble actually so I think the defense is doing a really good job in the second half so I I can kind of see where Harbs is coming from and be like hey you know what we've you know we did made our adjustments defense has been looking good they're holding the 49ers to essentially no points, you know, aside from the turnover. So, you know, even though Lamar is having a little bit of a struggle, hey, we're number one offense in the league. I think we can rely on our guys to be able to make a play and convert here and, you know, potentially, you know, score on the end of the drive or, you know, put it out of reach or, you know, something. So I, I can kind of see where he's coming from. I, I didn't hate the call. There were there were one or two other plays prior to that actually that i i actually didn't like the call but in this situation i I thought it was okay
2: i was a fan of the aggression i get what you're saying but this offense i i'd usually trust them um i haven't i I guess not trust them all year i think the thing is though you didn't want to give that team any gimmies right like (laughs) that was the because we saw how easily we took advantage of the gimme when we got that fumble short field quick conversion for a touchdown they have definitely the skill players we're talking about how Debo was having a good game to be able to pull stuff off like that I will say the reliance on the pass and they did eventually get away from it in some of those situations did surprise me because we did have a, a day running against them now granted Ingram and Gus Edwards were a little less productive than normal but Lamar for instance was just tearing them apart I feel like it's one of those things where you could lean on that run game Until they stop it, until they take it away.
1: I agree with, but both you guys are saying. For me, I I just I think that it was just I wasn't sure if I liked the call or not going going for it. I'm still not sure if I liked it, regardless of what happened. (laughs) It was just something that had me thinking. Like, obviously, you want to trust the team's strengths, but just, but what's the, what what's the line that they want to cross with this aggression?
0: Yeah, the other difficult thing, too, I mean, it was a 4th and 5. If we were a 4th and 2, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable to call. 4th and 3, probably be a little bit more comfortable. So, like you said, Alec, I mean, we could probably, you know, either do a pass or a run in that situation. 4th and 5, even though Lamar is having a pretty good day on the ground, it, it wasn't that kind of day that Ingram and Gus could, you know, maybe pick up 5 yards in that situation. So, it's, it's a little iffy. The other thing I will say, too, is that uh, I think there were two... Either, there was either another third down or a third and a fourth, but there were two pretty big uh, conversions by us earlier in the game. So the two that stood out to me, one was the Hayden Hurst uh, two-yard catch on fourth and two to extend that drive. That was a huge catch by Hayden. I remember high-fiving Alec during the game. He was like, Hurst locker!
2: Hayden Hurst! Oh, that's
0: a first, that's a first. That's, that's, close. that's close. You got it, you guys. close. That's oh
2: completely hurt. <laughs>
0: five. But yeah, I mean, that kept the drive alive. Uh, we were able to move those chains. And then, uh, I, I guess, I think it was a third down catch. Maybe it was a fourth down. I don't know if you guys remember, but that catch by Sneed, also to extend a drive.
1: Yeah, third down. That was a third down? Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was another absolutely huge play. The situations were a little bit different, but still, I mean, it was fourth and short, fourth and medium, or third and medium in, in that situation. The guys were making it in in, in some of the situations, so you know, I i could I could really see it going either way, you know, because like you said, the 49ers, I think have played, they played the best defense, I think that we've seen this year, they played, they played us very well, really, really great team from those guys, and so not all the plays went our way, but I think there were, there were enough, I think on that day to say like, okay, you know what, we, we probably have a good chance here to be able to convert it, and if we don't, then, you know, we have Chris Wormley to save the day.
2: That's right.
1: Dude, I love the game that Chris Wormley had yesterday. I know sometimes I, like, rag on him as just being, like, you know, a guy who, who's just a guy who does everything he's supposed to do but doesn't – seems very replaceable. He really stepped up and had a, a great game yesterday. That batted pass was timely. I, he was in the backfield a couple times, had some stuffs for loss. I think it was one of the best games he's played as a Raven yesterday.
2: Yeah, and I also want to give a shout-out to Tyus Bowser, who doesn't seem to really have made the uh, – it doesn't seem like he actually made the scorecard in any other way other than a pass defended, but that pass defended, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, was a near pick. And uh, I think if the conditions were a little bit better, he would have had the footing to be able to complete that pick attempt.
1: Yep. He was covering George Kittle, too. Not that that was a great throw by Garoppolo, but still, I mean, he gave Kittle no chance on that play.
0: Speaking of questionable situations – uh, what'd you What'd you guys think about the uh, challenge to try and overturn that non pass interference
2: call? I'm glad you asked. So, I was for it at the stadium, even though I didn't think it would change. However, I didn't realize this, but apparently the league has been shifting as far as calling them, and it's been it's either it was six and twelve this weekend or six and twelve the last two weekends. Basically, ever since we had that um, that the one we got away with against Houston. So it went from like a <laughs> paltry like five percent conversion rate weeks three through eleven or whatever to fifty fifty. So something's changed as far as how they're calling those. And and apparently it's not the plays. Like if you actually look at the plays, you wouldn't think there's anything different. It's just they're not calling quite the same. So I think he I thought you, it was a decent challenge.
1: I think he did say the reason why it has changed.
2: <laughs> and we weren't gonna get one because of it. <laughs> we, <laughs> right. we, we, we were due, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, in real time, when I first saw that play, it looked to me like the safety was just going for the ball. And I initially thought that if that got overturned, despite the fact that it would be in the Ravens' favor, I wouldn't be in support of it because I'm like, that looked like a football play to me, like a guy going for the ball. When they replayed it, at least the angles they were showing on television, you did see his right arm flail. And it did kind of look like you could read the play that he was going for the ball, but at the same time, smacking Andrews on the head, in which case I think that that should have been pass interference and a penalty. I think with how hard yards were to come in yesterday's game, I think it was a good challenge because it could have gone either way. But yeah, that's, that's still a very interesting experiment the NFL is going through that I think every fan base is yeah. still not sure exactly how we feel about these plays being able to be challenged and the rate at which they're being overturned, which seems to be very random.
2: I wanted to also talk about the roughing the passer that benefited the Ravens. I kind of felt like that was a a weak call. (laughs) Like, I think if it was the other way around, I would not have been very pleased about it. What'd you guys think?
1: I think that this is the first time in Ravens history where a Ravens quarterback has... Graduated to the A list <laughs> of players that must be protected by all costs, <laughs> dude. The NFL is getting yeah. everyone. You you heard Aaron gush about Lamar Jackson last year. I, I've when I was out west back in October, I was hearing people who are Rams fans or Steelers. Even just, I even heard from a Steelers fan how how much fun it is to watch Lamar Jackson. The guy is making money for the league, and they see that he's going to make money for the league for as long as he's in a Ravens uniform and is healthy enough to make these plays. So you best believe the league wants him to be healthy. <laughs> when Flacco was back there, they were like, they were like, you know, they'll just let him get pummeled because everyone thought Flacco was boring Joe. But Lamar Jackson brings this electricity with these plays. So for once, this, this shadiness that we all know goes on with the refs is actually benefiting us. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I'm with you Alec. I I think it was a tick-a-tack call. I probably wouldn't have called it. And for the record, yeah, for the challenge, I I didn't think it was a good challenge. I thought it was just a good football play with the 49ers, you know, by the safety. I figured that if we got called on that pass interference call uh on Humphrey, uh, I believe that was the earlier in the and earlier in that quarter. It looked like Humphrey didn't really make a play for the ball, and I can understand that going against us. I thought that was a, f- a fine call, but that being said, like I, I, I didn't think the the forty nineers safety uh, impeded Andrews that much. I thought he was just making a good play on the ball. So I, I, I wish we would have kept it. Fortunately, we didn't need that timeout uh, because we were just running down the clock. But I do think it's interesting, though. I didn't I didn't know about the stats. Apparently, that the, the the front office is uh, overturning more uh, pass interference calls. It's interesting.
2: So Harbs was all about. All three phases.
1: All three phases, and, uh, and uh, you know, it was a, a, a gritty game, you know, and I think it's a grit win for us. All three phases, definitely a team win. All three phases contributed really well.
2: And that was not any more clear than this game where we had Cook punting. First time that he punted with a Lamar Jackson-led drive since week nine, which ended a 12 straight scoring drives, 10 touchdowns, and two field goals by the Ravens. So, what happened there? Well, first punt was pretty good. Second punt was real good. That was when uh, Chris Moore was able to come in and swap that ball. And it was fun to watch in the stadium. It's been fun to watch in all the replays. That was an amazing play.
1: Yeah, that really was. And, you know, we're talking once again about plays you had to watch a second time to really see what happened. I thought initially that ball hit the pie line. And that was going to be called back or the 49ers would throw a challenge flag and then it would get reversed. But you saw it on the replay. I think there was two blades of, of turf between the football and the pie line when Chris Moore got that props to Chris Moore, who has been in the doghouse the past couple of weeks to come out there and make a insanely important play there. I get that the Ravens, you know, when they did get the ball back after that drive, that wasn't the drive where they would end up with the go-ahead score. But I think in the second half where both teams only scored a field goal, field position was huge. And all of those possessions add up to the final outcome. So I'm not saying that that was the difference in the game, but I think it was certainly one of the most impactful plays in the making sure that the Ravens were the team that had the ball last to kick that game winning field goal.
0: Yeah, it's a shame that uh <laughs> it's a shame that Chris Moore uh doesn't have that same footwork on the sidelines. <laughs> but yeah, if he isn't a damn good special teams player, so shout out to Chris.
1: Underrated Raven. If you guys remember our summer podcast
0: yeah, I mean, kind of. I feel like my opinions on it are kind of still the same. He's like, he's a really, really good special teams player, but that's about it.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I, I was the only guy who had him as an underrated Raven, and I've, I've cooled off a bit on Chris Moore. I was expecting a little more from him this year. No pun intended there. But, but every now and again, I think this is why I had him on the list. Every now and again, he'll just make an impact special teams play and you're just like, that's why we, that guy's still on the roster. And then he'll go six or seven games where he, like, doesn't do anything. <laughs> but, right. yeah. Another guy who – this is another play I didn't re- realize in real time. And I actually didn't realize this till, till someone told me this is what happened. You guys probably had a great view of it being at the game, but the difference in this game was a field goal. And end of the first half, the 49ers were in position – now, Robbie Gold, that was a long kick for him in this stage in his career, but we don't know if he would have been able to make that cleanly because Marlon Humphrey actually got in there and and got a got a hand on it.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I saw that as well. That was awesome. Great
2: play by Marlon. I saw it was close. I That ball had really good uh, distance on it, nevertheless. So I, I, I didn't realize that he actually had a, a touch on it. I know it was close.
1: Yep. Very nice. And he came in and he blitzed the or not blitz, whatever it is, uh, rushed the kicker from from Gold's left and knocked it that way, which made it hook right a bit, and that might have been the difference between him making it and missing it, Alec, if you're saying it looked like it had the distance. So heads up play there by Humphrey. Yeah, it looked like it just sailed a little bit to the right when
2: I was watching the replay. So very impactful play. That made the difference because, as we saw, when Tucker came on, Two seconds left, he just did what Tucker does.
0: Hey, Lamar, what's up what are you thinking when Justin
2: Tucker trots out there for a game winner? It's the GOAT. Like, he got that that golden leg. I, I got all the faith in him. You know, I'm on the sideline praying, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I know Tucker do it. He do it all day in practice. He just walk around playing, kicking field goals, 65 yards, so I got all the faith in him.
1: That's right. Dude, uh, he uh, After the game, Peter King interviewed him. I don't know if you guys saw this yet, but, you know... Peter King was asking what's going through his mind on that play. And he was just like, Tucker was just like, I was I was just really hoping in my hope of hopes that, that the ref spotted that, that kick a yard back. I wanted it to be an even number. I wanted the 50-yarder. I didn't want the 49-yarder. <laughs> this guy is so confident he's going to make it. Like, dude, that's, that's just wizard mode. He's just like, you know, he knows he's going to make it. He's just got to figure out how to make it fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he was quite the leader at the end of the game. We raised him up uh there's an awesome video i tell you every time they do this where they take that titanic music <laughs> the <with> sling dion <laughs> and singing that song and just <laughs> i love that song whenever they put it to like a, a, a triumphant play i remember they did it last year with the uh mosley interception <laughs> <that> sealed <laughs> off the uh cleveland game yeah. it's like that's the greatest meme in, in uh sport i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> That is good. Have you have you guys
0: also seen the uh, Justin Tucker sings opera over his uh, game winning field goal?
2: <laughs> no, no that was to, catch <laughs> that one. That's also great.
0: It's probably not to the level of that uh, that meme you brought up, Alec, but it was pretty funny.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'll put it in the show notes, but it it tickled me. I was cracking up. Yeah.
0: All, all I remember is that uh, what was it? Uh, the beginning of the presser, I believe, from from JT and. Uh, he was like, you know, I, I know you guys really want me to say something inspiring, like all my other teammates up here. <laughs> he's just like, big trust. He just ends it with big trust. And all I was thinking about was Alec. Because the whole game, he's just coming around. and would be like, every time we make a play, he'd be like, big trust,
2: big trust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hyped that the people in front of us left a couple times, <laughs> go down there, get more access to everybody. Because we had to, like, you know, six seats in a row, so it was kinda of hard to interact with everybody. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good time.
0: Yeah. I was definitely glad to be there. <laughs> you know, it was it was unfortunate that the weather was so bad. You know, we wish we could have had more fans out there, but I totally understand why, you know, other people wouldn't want to go to the game. But, you know, it felt good to just be there to cheer the team on and uh get loud for the for the bank. So
1: hey, i some saying nice. real real football fans that's how you become one just sit out there in the pouring rain or snow and watch your team win. Yeah. We did have a little bit of an effect though. I'll say we uh I think yeah, definitely. 12th man we we uh we
0: forced the Niners to take a timeout I believe in the 3rd or 4th and uh I think there was a false start or two during that series as well. So, you know. Yes sir. Yes sir, believe that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, we did our part. <laughs> So one thing we want to talk about before we get into our MVPs, which I think will be a little bit of an interesting discussion. Last week on the pod, I said that this could possibly be a preview of this year's Super Bowl with both these teams in there. Coming out of it, Alec and I were talking a bit before the pod. I'm interested to hear your take, Chris. I stand by my statement. I think, for me, this is the matchup that I see is most likely to happen when the Super Bowl does roll around this year in February, uh, Alec disagrees a bit. He doesn't think San Francisco is good enough with Garoppolo to make it. I was curious uh, what your guys' thoughts it. were.
2: They can make it. <laughs> I just don't think they're the number one. Like I, uh, maybe they are the number one. I don't know. I I wouldn't say that. I think it's a gimme though. Like I think, which I don't think you're implying either. To be fair, oh no, I, just think,
1: I don't think it's a gimme for yeah, the Ravens. I, I, and that's my unbiased yeah, opinion. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I just I just think New Orleans is really good, too. And I haven't had a chance to watch as many of their games, so I don't want to say too much. But if you tell me, all right, two defenses that look pretty good, one's a little bit better than the other, but one offense has Drew Brees, Kamara, and Michael
1: Thomas, I, I like them. <laughs> I-, I just do. That's fair. For me, I just feel like, you know, I've loved watching the 49ers this year. I think I love a team that doesn't have a ton of star power, finding, you know, guys like Raheem Morset and high draft pick like like Debo Samuel just going out there and winning games regardless. Probably because of, you know, the Ravens teams we grew up watching. You know, they had star defensive players, but you know, not players that really sparked the public interest. I'm not saying that to say that this is an emotional pick for me. I'm just saying that I've followed the 49ers a little more this season because of that. And I kind of feel like the Ravens and the Niners have had parallel seasons this year, which is both teams coming into the season were picked to, to finish a lot worse than what they currently are. 49ers, definitely much worse than the Ravens. A lot of people were picking the Ravens to pick around six or seven Finish around six or seven seed. Um, I don't think anyone had the 49ers in the top two-thirds of the NFC after they finished last year. But I think like the Ravens, the Niners, you keep hearing these analysts always say, oh, they're good, but all these buts with them. But all they've done is win 10 games so far. The two games they have lost have only been by a field goal, a field goal that would end up being a game-winning field goal to break a tie. I just think like the Ravens, they just got a good... Feel for what their team is, good coaches around them that are have a good scheme in front of them that's playing better than their talent is, but we'll see. I obviously have no emotional attachment to the Niners, though I like what they're doing this year, and I actually kind of hope that we don't see them in the Super Bowl if we do make it because I think we actually do match up better against a New Orleans team or a Green Bay team, especially after what I saw on Sunday, but. Yeah, that's just my thought. Despite the fact that they don't have the star power at the quarterback, I think they have less holes than a team like Green Bay or or New Orleans or even Seattle has this year. I'm with you on that. If, if it didn't rain like it did, I, I do feel like
0: Lamar probably would have had a little bit more room to run, I think, or uh, space to make some plays with his arm. But uh, that being said, so with the Niners... Especially with that defense, I mean, the, those guys are just so fast and so strong, and I, I really think overall they had a really good game on defense. So yeah, I mean, who, I mean, who knows if we were to play these guys again, you know what the what the rematch like might look like? But I'm kind of with you. I'd like it, it would be cool, but like also, nah, I'm good. <laughs> if Seattle wants to knock them out, we'll play them again. Like all right, I'll do that,
2: but <laughs> like I wouldn't be that upset. Interesting.
1: I like it when we all have slightly different takes.
2: Yeah, I kind of feel like I'd rather have 49ers over Seattle, personally. But, I don't know. We beat most of them already, so it's all good. (laughs) I mean,
0: yeah. (laughs) We beat the Niners, we beat the Seahawks, we beat the Rams. I mean, we don't play the Packers or the Saints or the Vikings this year. Uh, I, I mean, I think we'd beat the Cowboys if, if they even make,
1: you know, if they even win the division. Dude, they... Uh, Dude, Washington is... What a pathetic team. Washington is still theoretically in that division race at three and nine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They look, yeah. yeah. That
2: is the... They are easily one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL. How can you have a quarterback that seems like somewhat competent, one of the best running backs in the game, guys like Amari Cooper, who I know has been a little banged up, a defense that was supposed to be good, and then, like, just be so incredibly mediocre. When you have a head coach Ugh. named Jason Garrett. Yeah, it's so good that the Ravens did not end up with him because whew, that would have been, been us miserable.
0: Could have been us. So be thankful for John Harbaugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into our MVP picks. Who wants to start it off? I want Chris to start it off just so I don't steal his. I feel like I might steal his this week.
0: Ugh, can I give it the whole offensive line? Sure, it's so hard. It's so hard to pick a guy. I think I. It's it's got to go to the O line, man. Like just being able to block the 49ers front seven for most of the game, you know, to shut down Bosa. I mean, it, it, it was an effort. I mean, he was he was going one on one against Stanley. Uh, he had a couple of blocks, you know, from Bozeman, from Orlando Brown, from Yanda. You know, a, a lot of the, those guys did really really well. And one guy we, we we talked about a lot last week for stepping in for Skura, uh, Patrick McCarry, again this week. We didn't even mention the guy because he did so well this game. You know, we were, you know, we we did not see, you know, any step down from him this game. You know, it didn't look like the Niners were going after him, and even if they did, it didn't really seem to affect us much. So, you know, the guys up front just did a- an outstanding job, I think, for for what they were given. It could have been a lot worse, especially with our with our guest Aaron, his his bold prediction. He said that you know Lamar was going to get sacked five times. And, you know, they didn't even come close to that. So, uh, big shout out to all the big guys up front for having a heck of a game.
1: Man, I was even going to give you this guy. But for me, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give a second MVP if Alec doesn't say this guy. But I'm going to give an MVP award to Chris's guy, Hayden Hurst. In these close (laughs) games, I like to pick, you know, just like I did with the Raven Steelers game, I gave the MVP to Gus Edwards because of one play he made that I thought was pretty impact on the game. You know, On that last drive there, the Ravens were at first and 15 at the 44-yard line. The 49ers, they've got Jackson. He's running to his his right. And Hayden Hurst makes the play that, that Carlos Hyde couldn't make when Deshaun Watson tried it against the Ravens a couple weeks ago where he's doing that tight end delay close to the line of scrimmage and makes that clutch catch and gets the Ravens within, you know, field goal range. Huge play late in the game. He also had a clutch catch on a fourth down play, like we mentioned earlier. So once again, you know, only three catches on the day for Hurst, which did tie Mark Andrews for the most on the team uh on Sunday, but giving it to him for that clutch play.
2: I wanna give it to the wizard. But I was gonna do Hayden Hurst if you didn't say him. <laughs> So I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. Not because I, I feel the Wizards, like, obvious, right? Everyone, you can't lift a guy out of the stadium and not be an MVP. But <laughs> I, I I would like just a foot stomp. The tight end group, Boyle included, they were able to be really effective blockers and also catch the ball in key situations. So the way uh, they dominated Bosa, Mark Andrews also was the reason that Lamar had the running lane for that one-yard touchdown run. Yeah, it's it's stuff like that. Th- that team relies so heavily on the tight end group that
1: I just wanted to bring it up. So Mark Andrews, MVP. And then one last guy, since none of us brought him up yet, I think that unironically this week, Sam Cook also deserves an MVP nod. You know, what Tucker did in the rain is very hard to do, obviously, but it's even harder to do if... The holder doesn't get that snap with that wet football. So definitely don't think we can take Cook or Morgan Cox's role for granted in that game-winning play at the end of the game to put the Ravens at their best start in the regular season.
0: Oh, yeah. Special teams came up absolutely huge this game. Reminded the NFL that although you know not every game we need them, we've still got the best special teams in the NFL.
2: With that, we're going to wrap up this edition of Ravens Recap. We had a really good time at the game, and I hope you had a good time watching it. We're really excited for our Bills prediction episode. We've got CJ, friend of uh, Peter and I growing up and uh, you know being around in the church and all, huge Bills fan. He's gonna have a lot of insights for us about that game coming up. Make sure to tune into that episode. You can catch us online on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap, or email us at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'd love to hear more from you. And please do leave us another review. Tell a friend. It really helps out the show. We'll see you later in the week. What can you say about Justin? Uh, just add to the resume, I guess? Yeah, you know, you wouldn't rather have anybody else in that situation. I mean, that field, that wind, that rain, all that stuff that was going on there, that's the guy you want in that situation. I'm very grateful that we have him on Thanksgiving weekend. Big trust.
0: Big trust.